Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We just got an email, me and you and Ben Hill. Pending file. Dear podcast, you have one file shared from info at MILB.com. Please see below. I'm going to click on this link, Sam. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> the entire, we're on Zoom right now. Everybody's it, like, no, no, don't do it. It promises me that it's in, encrypted, but I have no idea if that's actually true. What's I so I, confusing is it says it's from MILB. But the email address is virtualstore at fonterra.com. And I don't recall us having that domain. So, yeah. and please, you, all of you out there in listener land, like, don't email that <laughs> address either. The only email address you should be emailing is podcast at MILB. Podcast at MILB.com. Just like this person who emailed us uh, to send us this encrypted file. It's all, it's all. And we will not be opening. I cannot stress that. Not be opening. Uh, Welcome in to this week's episode of the show before the show, episode 301. My name is Tyler Mon. Sam Dykstra is in New York City. Howdy, Sam. How are you? Good, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. It's, uh, it's sort of feeling like spring uh, here in the in the Denver area. We got like two feet of snow a couple of weeks ago. Then it was like beautiful. All the snow was gone. Then it snowed again. Uh, not nearly as bad. Uh, and then today, I, I whatever. Like it's, we're, I think we're getting there. I'm at the point now where I'm allowing myself to feel like we're getting there. Even though this is Denver and like in May, we could have a week where it's like 15 degrees. I still am trying to get myself in the mindset of like, we're going to make it back to spring and summer. So I'm, yes. I'm positive in that way. I mean, we have really the unofficial opening of spring next week, which is my major league opening day. Right. Exactly. exactly a week from a week. today. Yeah. That we are recording this. Um, where are the Rockies starting this year? Are they, they are starting at home against the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, which will be undoubtedly a great series for Rockies fans. I'm sure. Cause uh, everything has gone <laughs> well for Rockies fans over the last few months. Um, but yeah, they are home against the Dodgers uh, Thursday through Sunday, then a day off. Then they get the D backs in town from uh, Tuesday through Thursday, who um, I am very pleased to uh to announce that uh we celebrated an anniversary as it pertained to the d-backs this week and the good folks of the onion uh were kind enough to put out this news update which is uh and i'm quoting from their headline diamondbacks settle long-standing civil suit with offspring of bird hit by randy johnson's fastball it's a very important step in healing in healing the bird diamondbacks community so congrats and, to all involved. 
And it, again, we can't stress enough that new source, which is what, Tyler? The Onion. The uh, Onion. The Onion. Okay. All right. It's, uh, it's America's um, finest news source, Sam. <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at here. <laughs> suggesting that it's like a comedic news source or something. I, I don't know what you're I, That's exactly what I'm suggesting, just for everybody out there. The photoshopped picture, very... though, is these two morning doves sitting on a podium uh, as though they're speaking to the media at the conclusion of this lawsuit uh, for Randy Johnson having killed that bird like 19 years ago with his fastball. Um, you know, it's a very important step. Uh, well, let's get into the real stuff here on this week's episode of the show. Before the show, we've talked about fraudulent emails. We talked about fake lawsuits from birds. Uh, and now time to discuss some baseball as we are. Yes. One week away from major league opening day. We were recording this on Thursday, March 25th. And, uh, there are still some spots to be decided on major league rosters. We have of course seen some guys sent down to the minor leagues. Um, you know, I know there was so much discussion, uh, over the last couple of weeks of, Oh man, is there a chance that we could see a major league opening day roster in Kansas city that includes Bobby Wood jr. No, we're not going to, he was reassigned to minor league camp. We're starting to see some of these top prospects uh, get shaken down to the minor league side where we anticipate them starting this 2021 season, uh, or at least starting in the alternate training sites to begin 2021. But Sam right now, what prospect battles remain that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah. So um, today we got some, some breaking news, which might not be breaking anymore by the time you guys hear it, but, uh, Aloy Jimenez, former top prospect for both the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. Sounds like he'll be out five to six months uh, with a, a pec issue. Uh, he jumped going up for a ball. Sounds like something something bad happened there. So he is not going to be the, yeah, the White Sox left one. fielder. That is a rough one to start the season, yeah. especially for that team with those hopes. Yeah, it was officially a ruptured pectoral tendon, um, which – you know, I think we, we've talked a lot about this in this offseason. The White Sox have been pretty aggressive uh, in making some moves, trying to get them over the hump in the AL Central and officially into American League contention, not just division contention. Uh, and Aloy was a big part of that for, for many reasons, a, a great slugger by all, uh, by basically everything he's done over the last couple of years. Um, so now he's out. So the reason I bring that up is Andrew Vaughn is somebody we've also talked about, somebody trying to win the open DH spot on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Tony La Russa said today, shortly after the Jimenez injury, that Andrew Vaughn's starting in left field uh, for the White Sox, basically for the foreseeable future this spring. They're going to try to get him as many reps as they can. I know last year at the alt site, they did that a lot with him. They got him looks at multiple spots. At Cal, he was a first baseman only, pretty much. He got a little bit of a look at, at third base, I believe, and maybe some in the outfield as well. Um, but with Jose Abreu, the reigning AL MVP, entrenched at first base, Andrew Vaughn could feature in left. Now, is this going to be like a Kyle Schwarber situation in which a guy you would never think should be in left field ends up being okay there? We'll see. Um, I don't think Vaughn's going to provide a lot of value defensively as a left fielder, but Neither was Aloy Jimenez. So the question is, can he replace the bat? There's been some questions about that. I, I really liked him coming out of Cal. I thought he could be a quick mover uh, in a normal 2020. Maybe he would have made his debut last year had he gotten more games. He still doesn't have that experience, and it depends on how much you're willing to put into alt-site performance about like how much he pushed the issue. But by all the indications this spring, if you watch him play, he looks like a major league hitter. So is he going to be on the opening day roster one and two, if he is, which looks, you know, I put it at 80, 90% at this point, 
if he is, is it as the left fielder or is it as the DH? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on, even here in, in the last week. A couple others that I wrote down real quick. Um, the Tigers have named Tarek Skubal in their opening rotation, but Casey Mize is still very much up in the air. He's had some rough patches this spring trying to overcome what was a rough major league debut for him last year. Maybe he can win them over with one or two more starts, but the window sim uh, simply closing on that. Davey Garcia for the New York Yankees trying to win their fifth rotation spot. He had a rough start the other day as well. His roughest of the spring, he was actually having a pretty good spring before that. It seems like Domingo Herman has taken that fifth spot uh, for the Yankees, but keep an eye on Davey Garcia. Um, Alex Kirilov has been optioned officially after he made his debut for the Twins last postseason, so it seems like Brent Rooker has won that. But until you know opening day officially comes, We'll see who's actually going to fill left field for the Twins, but it looks like Brent Rooker right now. Uh, Dalton Jeffries versus A.J. Puck. A.J. Puck is actually throwing this spring. It's great. The A's actually have an opening in their rotation because of some injuries. You would think Puck would slide right in there, but again, he's coming off shoulder surgery. They're really limiting him right now. Can he really carry a starter's load, or does he work like as an opener type or just in, you know two or three innings to begin the year? We'll see on that. Dalton Jeffries, pretty good start. Seems to be all right. He could fill that role as well. Taylor Trammell, we've talked about in Seattle, um, basically trying to hold off Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick playing in games again uh, after he had a knee issue that we thought would rule him out for the rest of spring, but he's been back. Seems all systems go, uh, but Taylor Trammell, every couple games, seems like he's hitting a homer or getting an extra base hit, so he's staying hot. Who wins that left field job over there in Seattle? Another one to keep an eye on. Jazz Chisholm at second base for the Miami Marlins, and then Luis Camposano, uh, with the San Diego Padres trying to win the backup catching job. He, Camposano actually came up last year uh, with the Padres, homered for his only major league hit. Pretty cool to have on the back of your baseball card for now, uh, but is trying to you know, win back a backup job. This is somebody who hasn't played above high A technically in minor league baseball other than the major leagues. Um, so you could make the argument that he still needs development time, but given where the Padres are, given some of the injuries that they've had, there is an opening at the catching spot and by all indications, Camposano is their catcher of the future. Maybe you bring him up now, let him learn, let him watch a major league you know, situation, get one or two starts a week uh, and really settle in. And maybe he wins the job later in the season. But that's a quick rundown of what we're looking at here in the last week. A lot has already been settled. We've already seen a lot of guys options, a lot of guys uh, you know, reassigned to minor league camp. Um, so there aren't too many questions left, but there are enough to make things interesting in the last week. Cactus League and Grapefruit League play. Mentioned a little while ago, alternate training sites, which is a term that, uh, to be fair, coming out of 2020, I don't think any of us ever wanted to hear again. But at least to start the 2021 season, uh, we will hear that term as with the minor league season pushed back, especially at the AAA level, uh, alt sites have returned for 2021 to begin the campaign. Uh, all 30 teams have now nailed down their alternate training sites. A lot of those are going to be at minor league ballparks. These will operate differently from what we saw in 2020 in terms of the roster designations, how many players will be there, who can be called up, the taxi squads, all of that. But uh, Sam, as far as the headlines for some of the minor league ballparks that are going to be in use in 2021 for these alternate training sites, kind of a nice dry run, I guess, to get baseball back right ahead of minor league opening day in early May. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit when I interviewed, you know, Scranton Wilkes-Barre president John Adams a couple weeks ago about what it's like to be an alternate site and what it's like to have to rev that up again. Um, a lot of these places served as the alt site last year. There are some, some key changes. One is 
the Seattle Mariners uh, use Tacoma as their alt site last year, and that made tons of sense. This year, they're actually deciding to keep T-Mobile Park as their alternate site. Their guys will be working out of there when the major league team isn't playing. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But just looking at the list uh, that we have up now on MILB.com, um, there's also a list on MLB.com if you happen to be over there as well. Uh, but the Braves have Gwinnett. The Orioles have Bowie. Uh, the Red Sox have AAA Worcester. Last year they used Pawtucket, but since uh, you know they've changed, the team has moved from Pawtucket to Worcester. Um, they are moving to Polar Park. So Polar Park is opening officially as an alt site before it actually has its first game. It's kind of an awkward scenario there. We actually saw that last year uh, with the Washington Nationals where they use Fredericksburg as their alternate site. They're using Fredericksburg again, but Again, new stadiums that should be bright and shiny and new, but have actually been used in some way by the time the 2021 season rolls around. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Four Winds Field of High A South Bend with the Cubs. The Reds are using Louisville. That's not something they did last year. So that's that's intriguing. Uh, Cleveland, I believe they used Lake County last year. Now they're using AAA Columbus. Uh, the Tigers are using Toledo. Astros are using Corpus Christi. Royals with Northwest Arkansas. I believe that's changed as well. Uh, the Miami Marlins getting settled in with their new AAA affiliate, the Jacksonville uh, Jumbo Shrimp. Jacksonville will be serving as the, the alt site there. Uh, Milwaukee will be with High Wisconsin, Minnesota, going back to AAA St. Paul this time as their AAA affiliate last year. It was major league team with Indy team. Now they are strengthening that bond. Uh, the Mets are staying in Brooklyn. The Yankees are staying in Scranton. Uh, the A's are, are going to Stockton. The Phillies with Lee Valley, Giants with Sacramento, and the Rangers are moving in with, if you didn't hear your team name mentioned there, a lot of these places are using actually their spring training facilities as alt sites. I'm a little surprised at the, the LA teams are doing that, um, but that just seems to be the, the easiest thing for them to do. Uh, and as Tyler mentioned, the rosters are going to look different. Bobby Witt Jr., who, who Tyler mentioned earlier, uh, was an alternate site standout because the Royals wanted to monitor his at-bats, monitor his play in the field, keep him as close as they could, so they gave him an alternate, tra alternate training spot. But this year, it's basically going to be the AAA teams that are going to be at these places. Uh, it's, it's not going to be your younger prospects who you want to just get time because that's going to be happening down at the spring training facilities as minor league spring, spring training really gets built up. Uh, now... And, but the thing is, in April, only players at the alt site can be called up. So you can't leave somebody who's on the 40-man down in Florida and still bring them up. They have to be at the alt site. So that's going to be a little intriguing. Maybe we'll see some double-A players make it to the alt site and then move over to double-A when the season starts just because teams want them handy uh, in case of an emergency. So it'll be really interesting to see how those rosters shake out, but it's good to have this list now and envision where these guys are going to be going uh, come April 1st. And one thing I'm intrigued to see too, is that we're hearing that scrimmages are going to be possible. Some of these places that's going to be easier than others. Um, but so many of, of, not the complaints, but the comments we heard about last year's alt sites were that you were playing the same guys every day. Uh, you were facing the same pitchers every few days. You were facing the same hitters, et cetera. Uh, now mixing it in, you know, I, I, I'm not reporting anything here, but based on what we're hearing, it sounds like Scranton and Lehigh Valley may face each other a few times. Or the Giants have mentioned, you know, their players at Sacramento traveling to Stockton to play the A's players. Uh, that's only going to help 
uh, both sides, it's going to break up the monotony of what the alt site could be. Uh, so I'm really intrigued to see how that's going to go and how everybody responds to that. But alt sites are back for 2021. Again, really, really hope it can only be for April. We get a minor league opening day on May 4th and everybody gets to go across the country and, and play what will hopefully feel like a regular normal minor league season once that gets going. Coming up, we're out of the Baltimore Orioles organization with the sixth-ranked prospect in that system. Gunnar Henderson joins the show from Sarasota, Florida, and Grapefruit League play next. This past year has shown us that without your health, you have nothing. If you're not well, you can't work, look after yourself, or take care of your family. You can't enjoy the life you've worked so hard to build. That's why you need to prioritize taking care of your long-term health today, before it goes from good to bad to worse. So invest in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early before it's too late. And catching them early could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Everyone's health history is different, which is why Forward doctors personalize a health plan with you based on your genetics, lifestyle, and biometrics to achieve long-term results and ensure nothing gets missed. It's time to invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Go to GoForward.com today to protect your future health. That's GoForward.com. GoForward.com. To the Grapefruit League we go on this week's episode of the Show Before the Show podcast from Minor League Baseball. And there we find a member of the Baltimore Orioles organization and Baltimore's number six prospect shortstop, Gunnar Henderson, who joins us uh, from Sarasota. Gunnar, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. About yourself. Thanks We're good. To be on here. We're good. Thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, it's so cool for us now to get a chance to finally talk with guys who are doing things to get ready for a season again, and not just you know the conversation that we had all of last year, which was what are you doing to stay in shape? How are you you know still getting looks yeah. at live pitching? What are you doing you know to keep your arm loose? All that kind of stuff. Um, the last few weeks getting into a routine, getting involved in camp, all of this stuff as you lead into really what is going to be your first full year uh, as a, a member of the organization yeah, that hasn't been, you know, addled by a, a pandemic. What's this March been like for you? You know, it's actually, I mean, just getting my body back to being able to play baseball pretty much every day. Cause I mean, and an alternate side, I mean, you got your ground balls and it was all just kind of like light stuff, but, actually getting ready for a season it took a little bit for my body to adjust but i feel like now that i've had i don't even know a month a little over a month up under my belt it's felt like i've really adjusted well but i mean it's hard to prepare exactly for everyday stuff but my arm and like everything else feels great so i knew it would take a little time for my body to adjust but right now everything feels great and ready to get rolling into a season Last year, obviously, the the weirdest year um, for any of us and uh, hopefully the weirdest year that we will ever experience. Um, you did get time uh, at the alternate training site and in instructional league, all that type of stuff. But now to be in a circumstance where you're playing games again and you're playing in spring training games for the first time, you've gotten to see some action in seven games. What has that felt like? I would imagine this is by far the longest layoff that you've had between really competitive baseball games. Um, what's it been like just kind of getting back into the routine of like, oh, yeah, I remember how to do this playing in real games? Yeah, well, the first game uh, I got in in spring training, I was on third base with a knuckleballer coming up. And, I mean, if the nerves weren't, weren't already there being in the first big league spring training game, then you got 
the Yankees three, four, five hole hitters coming up and get welcomed into it right then and there. But uh, you know, just having this opportunity and being here, being able to just see big league guys that I watched growing up and I was on first base and Todd Frazier was on first base um, in one of the Pirates games. And it's just surreal being able to have this opportunity and see those guys that you've watched growing up and then they're right there in front of you. And Gunnar, just explain for people at home uh, who don't know how this works, just explain how your day looks right now, because we're kind of in the in-between time. Normally, not that you necessarily would know what a normal spring training looks like, but normally there would be, you know, minor league spring training would be in full swing at this point. You might be playing some games against guys from Bradenton or Fort Myers or something like that. Um, but right now it's, it's the only games really going are grapefruit league games. And sometimes you're getting called up to those sometimes not. So what is your day in and day out like right now? Yes, sir. Well, I'll just go for like, say we have a later game. Um, usually get our schedule around, around this time night which is about eight forty-five to around nine and um on a later day so like a 605 start time we'll we'll usually report around eleven thirty to 12 we'll just kind of stagger them so not everybody's entering at the same time and um after that we'll have a chance to eat a little and get a little bite to eat and then we'll usually do a little activation on our own maybe a little early hitting and then We'll go out on the field, say about one to one ten, get an actual activation in with the strength staff, and after that, a little base running drills, and just make sure whenever we get into the game that we're not just all of a sudden kicking in a hundred percent and tearing something. So we'll stay ready for that. After that, it usually depends on uh, if we have lives or not, but we'll usually go some defense, a little individual defense and a team fundamental just to keep everything in sync after that we'll hit some bp and then if uh, we have some live pitchers then we'll be able to hit off them after bp to and then i would say at the end of the day you're usually kind of i actually really like it you're they're kind of laying in on what you uh want so if you want extra work you can go get ground balls or take some uh extra swings and they'll let us do it out on the field, which I love hitting out on the field. And if you don't, if you feel like you've had enough work that day, you can go into this weight room and get you a lift in. By that time, it's about, I'd say, four o'clock, and then you call it a day, get you a bite to eat, and then just go hang out in a hotel. Nice, nice. And <clears throat> for you right now, you're somebody who is you know probably going to open with a club, and we can get into that later, uh, open with a club on May 4th when minor league spring training opens. Um, so you're probably going to be at Sarasota for another month we're looking at here. Mentally, yeah. like, how do you stay prepared for a season? Like, where are you right now in, in terms of where you are for preparation and where you need to be come a month, six weeks from now? I mean, I feel like, Right now, I'm I'm fully ready for a season. I mean, just getting all the extra work in, and I know that I've re- worked really hard during the off season and or extended off season, I might say. Um, just being able to stay ready, and I knew that the time will be, time will come soon that we would get the call. So, and now when I got I got here and got uh about a month up under my belt, I feel ready, and just being able to add a few extra weeks of being able to take 
repetitive ground balls, and we'll actually get to play some games. So that'll be that'll be a nice time to be able to do that and just roll into the season, hopefully with a head start and being able to start strong. And you talked a little bit about getting in extra work and the O's offering that to you guys uh, as an option. When you are given time to focus on something that you need to hone in on, what are you using that on? Like, what is your focus right now in spring in getting ready for a hundred plus game season here this summer? Well, just being able to, I mean, I don't do a heavy work day every single day, but just being able to say I feel a little something in my swing, then I'll talk to the hitting coaches and they'll have some drills and we'll do that and we'll knock that out and get feeling good with that. And then you can't ever take enough ground balls. So I just do that just to keep staying fundamentally sound and uh, make some throws across the infield. So my arm will be conditioned. So it's, I've really enjoyed it, but I mean, I know, know when to say when and just being able to have that extra work. Cause I like to work really hard and, it really helps me out, and I just can't thank them enough for offering that. Gunner, you were a draft selection for those who are, are unaware. Uh, the second round in 2019 um, out of your high school in, in Alabama. And, you know, we hear so much about uh, from the, the standpoint of players who were drafted last year and how weird it was the the draft was shortened and and all those types of things um i feel like it was probably even weirder 2020 for the players who were drafted in 2019 because you get the this exciting year you know you get uh your first professional contract you jump in you play in the gcl for 21 games then all of a sudden last year you go from being a high school guy, a high draft pick, uh, inserted into the the top ten in an organization's top prospects, get your first pro work under your belt, and then you're just sitting around for a while. Um, before you got to go to the alternate training site and do the stuff toward the end of the summer, when you guys got shut down in March, when baseball got shut down in March, the world got shut down in March, what were those first few weeks and months like for you trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what does this mean now? Because you're on the precipice of getting that first full season in under your belt, and then all of a sudden it's not there. Yeah, I mean, we were – I know when we got the news that we were going home, everybody, like a few guys were just saying, like, I've heard it'll just be a few weeks, and then lo and behold, a year later, I mean, here we are again. But, I mean, I I was prepared to, like, go back in a few weeks, but, I mean, it just kept getting uh, greater and greater of the uh, number of cases. But, I mean, I, you just had to – it's hard to even put into words. I mean, you did, nobody knew what to expect. So, I mean, you just kind of go and just put the work in and just – basically to stay ready for whenever you do get the call. And I mean, I feel for the new draft guys and the guys that haven't been able to do anything since last spring training. I mean, I, I know that can be tough. So I feel for those guys. And I just pray that everything goes smoothly this year. Cause, uh, this whole, everybody needs baseball. I mean, it's America's pastime and we're all just wanting everything to be normal again. Amen, man. We uh, we can echo that. Um, your debut season, like I said, you get to play um, in, in 29 games and uh, you put up an OPS over 700 and get all that stuff under your belt. Last year, when you did get that call and you get to go to the alternate site and you get to go to Instructs, um, tell us about the alternate site thing because it was something that you know nobody in baseball had ever experienced before. And for the younger guys like yourself who got that experience, um, that seems like it's something you'll look back on in a few years, You know, hopefully when you're already in the big leagues and think that was a very formative 
positive thing that I was able to do. What was that like when you got there and um, kind of how did it play out as you got used to the routine at the alt site? And I loved it there. I mean, just going in, I didn't, I didn't fully know what to expect, but when I got there, I, I loved every bit of it. I mean, I got one-on-one instruction with like double A, triple A and some of the major league uh, guys that have been up and down with major league and like the double A and triple A managers, just being able to pick their brains and, uh, ask them questions about everything, and then especially being able to see the pitchers that were also double A, triple A, and up and down with the majors. I mean, just being able to see that and have that experience at my age is—I mean, I can't explain how uh, happy that was. And just being able to basically compete against it and prove to myself that hey, I mean, you belong here. So, just—I mean, that really helped me, and I feel like it's really going to help propel me. Um, in the future and just being able to look back on that and uh, having that experience. I mean, you can't, you can't top it. And I know like some of the guys that were there, there's like, this will really help you in your development because they haven't seen that pitching whenever they were coming up until they got into double A and to be able to see that playing only in the GCO and just being able to compete against it just really helps me and just uh, have confidence in myself that, Hey, you're you're meant for this. Yeah, and, and along those lines, you mentioned in there that feeling of "Hey, I belong here," which is interesting to hear from somebody who was playing it as a teenager, going against, like you said, guys MLB caliber, AAA caliber, etc. Um, so, how long did it take for that feeling to really settle in? Of "Hey, I I do belong here," and was there a moment where it really locked in for you? I think it was just being able to adjust to the pitching because in um every every level you go up you got to be able to adjust and just uh like see i mean my first at bat was 97 98 with the 92 miles an hour change up and just being able to adjust to that over time i mean it that just really proved it to myself that you can you can do it and just being able to stick with it and not not get down just keep working hard and know that uh it the work you put in it'll pay off and, you know, that's one of those adjustments that we hear from guys all the time is that, you know, you need to adjust to velocity. So what specifically did you do to adjust to it? Because um, it's one thing to see it over and over and over again, but it's another thing to actually put the ball in play when you know 98 is coming in. So what specific adjustments were you making over the course of your time at the alt site so you could get to the, that uh, level of heat? It was mainly it was mainly just the uh, adjustment and approach because – Sometimes, like in lower levels, and especially in high school, you can you can take a pitch and then expect another one to be in the zone. But with the double AA, A, triple A, major league guys, you the pitch that's in the zone, you got to be getting your best swing off on it, or you're probably not going to get anything else. So just being able to be in attack mode, but also not be too aggressive to where you put yourself in a hole. So just like say they throw a fastball early in the count, just trying to get you behind in the count, you got to be able to hit that whichever way they or whichever area they put it in. So I felt like that was the biggest adjustment, just being able to pull the trigger early in the count and not waiting until you're basically playing the pitcher's hand. And and moving to the other side of the ball, you talked before about 
you can never have too much infield practice. I'm sure that's something you, you got a lot of last year. It's something that comes up in your scouting report is the question of whether you can play short or not. I know you've got some time in the Grapefruit League at third base right now. How is that split working for you? Are, are you splitting time between short and third? Are you only going to third when they ask you to do so in games? Like how How is your infield work going right now? Uh, usually just kind of split it up. I mean, depending on the day, like they'll usually let me know if I'm going in, if, if I might go into short or third in the big league game, or if they just want to see me play short or third that day, um, is where I'll usually take the ground balls. But usually during the day, I'll just kind of split short and third. But, um, I felt like I can play shortstop as long as I want to, just depending on, um, I mean, if I just can make the routine plays and stuff, but I felt like with myself, I feel like I'm self-confident enough that I can play short as long as I, uh, long as my career allows me. But I mean, wherever they want me, I'll play it and I'll play it to the best of my ability and hopefully help the team win a world series, whichever position. Gunner, one of the things that you mentioned about being at the alt site and instructs and all that type of stuff, you get familiar with so many different coaches um, throughout the organization. When you approach a season like this now, um, you know, as you start climbing the ranks, now you're going to have that familiarity with your coaching staffs and the player development people and all that. Have you gotten any indication of kind of where you might head to start the season or do you have any expectations personally of, you know, where you feel like you could be or where you want to be? This is such a different setup for us because ordinarily I think – uh, a guy who was a high school pick going into his first full season, we would think, okay, maybe short season ball for him. We don't have short season ball anymore outside of the GCL and the AZL. Um, what are your feelings on where you'll go come May? You know, I feel like I could I could uh, be really competitive at high, at high to start out with, and I feel like I would be able to play really well there. But, I mean, I haven't really been given any indication so far. So, whichever uh, site they put me at, I mean, I'm played to the best of my ability and uh, – Got to work it out. It'll all work out in his timing. So if it move, if I move up in a week or if I move up in a month or however long, it, I'll just play to the best of my ability and know that it'll all work out um, under God's plan. Okay, we got to ask you about this because you are – and we love talking to multi-sport guys, um, and you were a, a commit to Auburn to play baseball, but – so often we hear like, oh, this guy played football, he played, he ran track, he did whatever. You were not only a, a basketball player, you were the state player of the year uh, in the state of Alabama as a senior. What, like, tell us about your game basketball-wise. I know as a senior you averaged a double-double, 17 and 11. Um, what were you like as a hooper, and how far do you think you could have gone if you stuck with basketball? Uh, it's hard to tell with basketball. I, I mean, I, I would practice it, but I wouldn't practice it year-round. I would uh, I practiced it months before the season started, but uh, you know, just be, the way the style I play is, I'll be all on the wing, and um, usually it'll be I'll I can make some shots from the outside, but uh, if they they get too close, usually a pump fake, and then I'll drive in pretty hard. So usually that's how I get all my stuff, my work done. But uh, you know, I've, just going back to senior year, it was probably the most fun year of basketball that I've had, just being able to build my friends that I've came up with since sixth grade, just playing basketball with them. And it didn't end the way we wanted to, but it was a really fun year. But, I mean, looking looking back now, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have changed anything. It was, it was a really fun time. All right, uh, last one on the basketball point. You're 6'2", 210. What's your dunk game like? Can you, 
And and what uh, what's the favorite move if you can? Uh, you know, well, I can dunk, but uh, <laughs> during basketball games, uh, my hands usually get pretty sweaty, so I usually just have to go up with two. But I would just love throw to it down just power hand, just two hand power dunks. Yeah, I I would love to be able to just throw it off the backboard and dunk it, but I feel like <laughs> um, I'd have to have the right time and place for that one. I don't. But uh, it's probably not an you know, in-game I, thing a lot. It, yeah, probably not. Probably not the in-game in-game move, especially in a close game. But uh, if we're up by a lot, I would definitely try it. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was usually just coming the lane with two hands. But uh, you know, it's just it's fun to mess. It was fun to mess around back in the day, just do some random dunks. But now I got to kind of tone it down because can't can't get injured on the basketball court. <laughs> Well, all right, so I know Tyler said we'll, we'll do one more on the basketball one, but just to follow up, what do you feel like translates best? You you said you were kind of a wing guy, averaging 17-11, sounds like you were all over the place. Um, shortstop, you kind of have to be that guy as well, but like, what do you feel like translates best from the court to the diamond for you? You know, just I would say the defensive side of stuff because you got to, um, I mean, a small thing is like, communication on defense like being a shortstop you have to communicate with everybody that's just kind of a small thing i would think of but uh more of the physical side i would say you having to stay in front of your defender and be low to the ground and being able to move quick i feel like that really helps with a defense at shortstop because i mean you got to be quick and take good angles to the ball like on a basketball court you got to be able to take the right angle to guard somebody you can't just block them off and get a foul but um, I felt like that was that was really beneficial, and it really helped my athletic side of the game, especially in baseball. All right, Gunnar, we'll, we'll end on these two. Um, bringing it back to to the Orioles uh, system as a whole. Again, your time at Altsite last year, you were rubbing elbows when guys not only trying to to make the majors, but some of the top prospects in that system. And um, we talk about it so much as being a rebuilding system and so much of the future of Baltimore baseball is built into you guys on the farm. Um, you know, you're just behind guys like Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall and Ryan Mountcastle in ranking sec usually. Um, but where do you kind of envision yourself in the pecking order of the Orioles? And where do you feel like you guys can take this as a group uh, you know, when you all reach, you know, Baltimore together? Well, I just fully say, I mean, I feel like we can win a World Series with this group coming up. I mean, just being able to, with all the talent, I mean, it speaks for itself, but not only the talent, but, I mean, just being around the clubhouse with all these guys, we're all just having a good time. There's no, like, hard feelings, or we're all pushing each other to get better and be the best we can possibly be. So being able to hang out with the guys and just see them all, see them develop and then help each other develop. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what we can do in the future, but I fully expect us to win a world series before we all, we all uh, get too old to play, but. No, but I, I love that confidence and I'm sure lots of people in Baltimore and, and Maryland in general do as well. All right. Well, we'll end on this one, Gunner. Um, we are actually talking to you. I don't know if you know this or not. Today is technically Maryland day. Didn't even know that was a holiday myself until I heard about it a little bit today. You are a part of the Baltimore, Maryland system. You got a little, spend a little bit of time there, I'm sure. What have you learned about people from Maryland? Like, what did you know beforehand? What have you learned uh, since becoming an Orioles prospect? 
Well, I did not know anything going into it, but I would. Uh, what I've learned is they love their baseball. They love their uh, Baltimore sports. So um, I know, like in years past, it hasn't been uh, great of seasons, but they the fans still come out and they cheer like you wouldn't even know they were losing. And it's just great to see that, and uh, especially looking back, and I think it was 2014 when they were in the the wild card game, just seeing how the fan, how great the fan base was, and just having that in the back of your mind to fuel the fire to help bring the team back to where it was in this great program and give the fans a great time and a great game to watch, and that would just be that'd be surreal to be able to play with that many fans in front of you cheering for you well Gunnar Henderson who is right now part of a really young and exciting upcoming group with the Baltimore Orioles the sixth ranked prospect in that system you can find Gunnar on Twitter at G underscore Henderson two uh Gunnar congrats on uh, on everything so far man and uh enjoy this season as it comes along the last month in Florida hopefully it'll go by uh pretty quick so we can see you on a minor league field here sometime soon thanks so much for the time yes sir thank y'all and thank y'all so much for having me At Simple Mobile, you get the no-contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it, with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G-capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available. Continuing along this week, uh, back with the uh, the hair brigade, the good hair brigade, Sam Dykstra and Benjamin Hill, who joins the show. Ben, what's going on? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, the, the hair brigade. That's a, a good Tyler name. Tyler and the hair brigade, because I'm, yeah, I'm not part of the good hair. I'm the sad one. And then you guys get to be the good hair brigade. It's an honor. It is really an honor. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, my son's name is Harry, and yesterday right. I was, you know, calling him the heir apparent, and then I was like, my hair is apparent, and Harry, the Harry parent with the heir apparent, and his name is Harry. Oh man, the fun never stops. He's uh, closing. He's officially in. making dad jokes. Now. <laughs> oh yeah, is. I mean, people have been accusing me of making dad jokes essentially uh, my entire life, so now I guess I have the moral authority to make a dad joke now that I have a uh, child of my own. He's uh, closing in on on a month old, correct? Uh, yeah, a month uh, a month yesterday actually. Ah, so we're past mm-hmm. we're past the month date. Uh, neither Sam nor I have kids, so we're unsure of the timetable. Does he have a job yet? Is he driving? How does this work? Yeah, none of those things. Uh, I think the big thing right now is uh, you know trying to give him some tummy time. You know, turn him over ah, on his stomach, right. and uh, you know then he like smashes his face into the ground and sort of foils <laughs> about but it's i think it's good workout you got to monitor them when they're on you know tummy time because it doesn't have you know control over his body so to speak but i was psyched for him yesterday like when he was doing it he was like making crawling motions and you could tell he wanted to move and i was like yeah dude he's getting the mechanics yeah, dude, figured out yeah we're gonna be rolling i can i can see it so but uh yeah you know i i would certainly never uh say anything bad about my son but i think generally speaking Babies are not the best right now. I'm looking forward to other stages of parenting when, you know, there's a little more interaction. Humor yeah. comes into play, as we talked about. I'm still really waiting for the first instance of recognizing something that is funny. Um, 
you know, someone, because I want to be entertaining and I want to be loved. And right now I'm like, do you even really care what I do right now? And Ben uh, wants to grow his audience. That's what he's. Yeah. 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 I want to grow my household audience by one right now. And uh, that's a 100% increase. It really is. I mean, it really is if we're not counting the cat. So, um, yeah. So I got my work cut out for me. Well, speaking of having work cut out for you, um, you had uh, obviously some paternity leave time. Now we're getting close to the start of the minor league season, a little over a month away um, and kind of honing in on that final run up that final month. Tell us about what you're uh, working on right now. I mean, kind of getting back in touch with front offices, people are, are being, uh, you know, rehired, new employees being brought on all that type of stuff. You've got some stories coming. Obviously there's a whole bunch of restructuring in terms of leagues and layouts and the geographic footprints and how many teams are in which circuit and all of that. Uh, tell us about what's going on with you right now. Yeah. I mean, we've obviously done, you know, so many episodes of this podcast and 300 uh, previous to this one, uh, as uh, longtime listeners know, and almost always, uh, you know, when I do these weekly segments, and um, I apologize if you can hear a baby crying in the background right now. I was say we have new background that. audio. That's exciting, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a sound effect. But you know, it was always like, oh, okay, here are the articles I wrote this week. You know, almost always at least two, sometimes more than that if there's newsy stuff. And here's what's coming up. And uh, the combination of yeah, being gone for a little bit in the wake of having a child, and uh, also just our own. Uh, company reorganization is um, as we're moving more into a major league baseball editorial sphere as opposed to being specifically have our work on milb.com you know trans uh, transitional on that front as well so I'm working on a lot of things right now and I think a lot of them have potential um, you know to reach a much wider audience as we find a home for the minors not just on milb.com but you know through the larger MLB uh, landscape and um doing a lot of stuff. Some is kind of uh, new versions of stuff I've done in the past uh, in response to the reorganization. Uh, coming soon certainly should be, uh, you may recall if you're a uh, you know, longtime fan of my work. Um, last year, I did a whole series of did you know articles with a fun fact from every team in every league. So uh, doing some new versions of that to fit the format of the new leagues and uh, you know rewriting some of those fun facts because you know, fun facts are limitless. So in looking at those articles, I didn't want to just completely, you know, do stuff I've done before, but that format and, uh, you know, having that run more on MLB channels and serving as a way for those articles also to give people a chance to look at the structure of each league, get a sense of the teams that are in them and hopefully learn some fun things along the way and uh, get ready for the season. So things of that nature, uh, a lot of things on the burner right now and the, the stove, you know, that water is going to really start to boil and uh, then we'll take it off the stove and it'll be really cooked and then uh, it'll be ready for consumption and everyone will love it. Uh, so it's a process, you know, we're cooks, we're cooks here. And, uh, you know, I'm still in the kitchen with a lot of this stuff and it's a very, just very strange time. I mean, it just really is um, with the landscape uh, being reorganized, you know, for us internally. And that's uh, a response to the larger external reorganization of uh, minor league baseball and its uh, explicit relationship, uh, you know, between major and minor league baseball. And, uh, it's a long way of saying that I don't have as much specifically to talk about, but at the same time, there's so much to talk about because it's really starting to all come together. And, uh, you know, embarking on a new era of minor league baseball and my career and our careers and, you know, how we do things and where it goes and all those things. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about that in the future. And you two will be talking about that in relation to a lot of the other things you're working on, I'm sure. And uh, so, yeah, let's go. Let's get at it. Uh, exciting times, strange times, but exciting times. And, uh, 
kind of optimistic about what the future might bring and the kind of stuff we're able to work on uh, together separately and uh, see how it all goes. And I don't want to extend the, uh, the cooking metaphor too far, but um, you know, when you are, let's, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. When you are cooking for a new audience, say, like in this case for you, bringing it back to what we actually do, when you're writing for MILB.com, there's a certain type of person who's going to MILB.com, usually interested directly in the minor leagues, usually knows a decent amount is bringing something to the table. Now you're writing these fun facts for MLB.com and, and a much wider audience, a uh, much broader audience, we'll say. Um, how does that change how you write about the minor leagues and what you focus on? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think that is why I'm kind of taking a step back and, um, you know, sometimes in my own head, I'm like, oh, well, this is stuff I've written before. But MILB.com, almost all of my professional work is on that site. And I'm really proud of what I've done on that site as we are proud as a group of you know, what we've done to grow that website and uh, everything it means to us. And uh, certainly not taking anything away from it. But MILB.com, I would say, had a more insular audience. You kind of had to be already saying, I'm, I love minor league baseball, and I'm going to this minor league baseball website to read about minor league baseball. And uh, one of the kind of frustrations of my career has been knowing that there's a lot of the work I'm doing that baseball fans and even not baseball fans, just people who like the Americana of minor league baseball, um, you know, they might not find it on MILB.com because it is a, a more insular audience. So I think in shifting some of this work to MLB, um, you know, I, I am trying to work, write for a broader audience to, um, to write more, I don't want to say basic stuff, but things that take larger scale looks at how it's structured and uh, always keep it fun too, because there's obviously a lot of uh, more hard, hard analysis going on when it comes to the minors, especially in the player realm. So I'm also trying to establish or reestablish that voice of the minors being like a very fun and weird place as well. And uh, using this new opportunity as a way to um, bring more people into that world and uh, not necessarily just the affiliated teams, but as we move forward, um, you know, a lot of our old friends, you know, the Appalachian League and the Pioneer League and, uh, you know, former New York Penn League teams that are now in the draft league. And, you know, they're all going to be, you know, operating in some sense as they were before, in some ways not, but in some ways as they were before in terms of being fun entertainment destinations. So there's a really vast world as always, less affiliated teams, but in terms of the number of teams that we can cover and celebrate and promote and, uh, there's as many under the umbrella right now as ever. And we're just kind of getting used to how that all works out. But I think there's a lot of people out there uh, who hopefully will be exposed to this sort of thing uh, as a result of it going, uh, you know, through website channels that, you know, is more geared toward the general baseball fan as opposed to a more, you know, specific uh, niche baseball fan. Forgot I was on mute. He's Benjamin Hill. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Ben's Biz. And uh, you can check out all of his stuff on the sites, plural, MLB.com, MILB.com. And uh, go hug that little baby, Ben. Thanks. I will. I'm all about hugging. Saying goodbye for episode 301 of the show before the show. What are you doing this weekend, Sam? Um, I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. Same. I really don't know. I feel like I should get, well, I mean, this will be a preview for next week, although I do want to get to better known affiliate structure. We need to get back on track. Ah, that's true. We do. But, um, I feel like I need to sketch out like my predictions for the major league season. Okay. Uh, if anybody remembers, 
I did have the Dodgers and Rays in the World Series last year. Yep. Um, so I was very proud of that. So I feel like I need to dive back into that and, and really sketch things out. That being said, next week, I'm hoping we can do that again. We're going to kind of fracture the way we normally do our season preview. Um, we'll, ha- we'll try to get Josh and Kelsey back on, uh, our friends who, who preview the season every year. Uh, normally what we've been doing is we preview, you know, the major league season and the minor league season. We'll split those into two separate podcasts. Um, we'll preview the major league season through the prism of prospects and rookies and all that uh, next week, and then do the minor league season again, closer to early May. Um, but something to look forward to, to that. And that means I got to sketch out. Like I already ha- know who the favorites are for rookie of the year and all that, but like who I want, who's going to win the AL central. I don't know. I don't know how the AL West is going to really crack down. I- I'll have to really dive into it. That might be my weekend. How about you? Uh, I'm just Googling Casey Golden to see where Josh is going to pick him <laughs> to win the minor league home run title this year. Uh, looks like he'll probably be uh, in Hartford or Albuquerque. So if he starts in Hartford, that could be a challenge. Uh, not necessarily cold weather, um, which is the seasonal start in May. But, you know, Eastern League, it's not necessarily the easiest place to hit homers. He goes to Albuquerque, now in AAA West, 10 ballparks, very offensively tilted, there's a there's a shot. So I'm just getting my getting my bearings on Josh Jackson's predictions for uh, for 2021. Yeah, and uh, I I feel like Hartford though itself is a hitter friendly ballpark. The ballpark is East. yeah uh, the uh, especially in right field very short porch in right field. Um, although it's if you haven't been to or seen uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, they actually have a lower section of seats that has a net in front of it, and I believe the net is in play. I want to say you have to hit it into the second deck for it to be a home run at Hartford, if I remember correctly. Um, so you never know. I mean, especially starting out there uh, in May, instead of taking the the early few weeks of a, a regularly scheduled minor league season, going through kind of the, the chilly uh, climbs of the Eastern league. I do remember um, friend of the show, even though he's never been on, but Mike Passanisi now with the uh, San Francisco giants, formerly radio voice, of the Altoona curve and the uh, Savannah sand Nats. Uh, Mike and I, we worked together in Altoona, I do remember many an early season night with like full dugout jackets, knit hats. Mike always had gloves on. Like the Eastern League is a is a tough April climate for uh, for baseball. But you never know. Casey Golden maybe starts there in May. Maybe he gets you know ten homers the first month, jumps out to an early lead. But we know he is the Josh Jackson stamp of approval for the the Bauman Home Run Award in twenty twenty one. We know that. Right. Right. We got to, we got to get out in front of Josh. On this one. <laughs> Maybe we'll just call it like the Casey golden award, the Casey <laughs> golden, Josh Jackson award. No award. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything going on. It's a, it's a rare stretch in which I haven't really had a lot of broadcast stuff. April, it kind of gets crazy again, but uh, I haven't really had that much. So it's weird to like have weekends coming up and not really have anything on the schedule. So Sunday I work the, the day shift for us. Um, but yeah, Saturday, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, spring training. Baseball. It's the last season. It's the last weekend without that is true. season baseball. So I do kind of have to, I have to relish in the more relaxed feel uh, because I mean, we still have a few more weeks of it on the, on the MILB side, but now that we're doing a lot more of the stuff monitoring, uh, you know, the young players or prospects who are on the road to graduating with pipeline and all that. Um, this is the, the last weekend before things get sort of crazy on the road to them getting really crazy in a fun way, in a way that we've missed. But yeah, I guess I do kind of have to, all right, it's a, it's a Saturday or a Sunday where we're not at full speed yet. We're just ramping up to full speed. Right. Right. 
so yeah, so get. Uh, I mean, there, I think there's still games this weekend. So there, there's still, again, those things we talked about in the first segment of uh, right. Keeping an position eye on battles to follow and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. There, there's still plenty of intrigue going into this this weekend. I don't mean to make it sound like now we'll right. be relaxed and then we're going to go to 65 next Saturday and Sunday. right, right, um, exactly. But um, it, it will be nice to think about like 162 game season. That is the truth. Uh, and also, you have to watch Sound of Metal this weekend. I do. I do. Fantastic movie. Watched it last night. Recommendation to all of you, but to Sam, especially whenever I watch something good, I text Sam and Josh immediately. And I'm like, have you guys seen this one yet? So it's pretty fun. And last night I texted them both. Neither one had seen it. So I recommend it highly to all of you listening to uh, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the show before the show from minor league baseball. He's Sam Dykstra. I'm Tyler Mall. We'll talk to you next week. Uh,